This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy. And each week we'll throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week I landed on Nevada. Ooh, let's investigate. So, Nevada. Let's All break right. it down. Okay. At first I was like, man, Vegas. There's got to be tons of unsolved oh, mysteries in Vegas yeah. alone. Like... Oh, yeah. No, I mean, Nevada has that, of course, mm-hmm. Vegas, but it has Area 51, too. Area 51. You have uh, half of Lake Tahoe mm-hmm. up in Reno there. So, ah, man, I just feel like I wanted to go somewhere a little different. Still casino related. Oh, of course. But this is actually one of my favorite cases that Unsolved Mysteries um, covered back in like the 90s. Oh, my gosh. My favorite. I know. That's one of the reasons why we we started Unsolved America is Unsolved Mysteries, everybody, in case you didn't figure that out. Uh, (laughs) Connect the dots. (laughs) Right. So let's get into it. So Jean Moore and her husband or actually I keep calling her. I keep calling him. Her husband it was her fiance oh okay so on april 6th 1992 mm-hmm. gene moore and al henderson left their home in apple valley california for a nice little vacation in laughlin nevada okay how far was that away a few hours i'm sure yeah you know i i say it later on in my notes i think it was about a six hour drive somewhere oh, around not there bad at all yeah yeah Give or take. Yeah. So the couple was meant to return home on April 9th, just three days later. Just a quick little trip. Right. Which three days in a casino town is more than enough. Honestly, I was literally just going to say that. Fresh. I think 72 hours is even a little too much. Absolutely. I think my max is like three to four days. But like one of those days, I have to like not really be like in the in the thick of it you know oh, like yeah. a pool day would be nice some one of those day. days not i mean still drinking but oh absolutely maybe not not gambling the entire time absolutely not so <clears throat> supposedly gene wanted to play her lucky slot machine at the flamingo casino mm-hmm. flamingo hilton casino Hmm. Um, and the reason she wanted to go back was because she had actually just won $600 on that machine the day before. Ooh. So like, I get it. Yeah. I fucking get it. We all have that one machine. They're like, I got to play this every time I every see it. Every time. For me, it's Dolly Parton. She never gives me money, but I like hearing her sing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple. Mine's a uh, Titanic. If I see mm-hmm. it, but I always like the kitten game. Kitten glitters. Oh, I was like, I was like, OMG kittens. No, kitten glitter. That one's fun. I always win on that one. Nice. I um, I don't really have a favorite. I think gold bars. I think that's my like go to because I always, I just like the random trigger bonuses. Yeah. Anyway, anyway <laughs> I digress. So, Al, uh, Al recounts that he drove to the Flamingo Hilton at nine thirty a.m. Okay. And was unable to find a parking 
uh, a parking stall in in the lot there. Mm-hmm. So he decided that he was going to drop Gene off at the front door, valet his car. Okay. And then he was going to return to the Colorado Bell Hotel where he was where they were staying. Mm-hmm. Um I am assuming just to probably finish pack up and, you know, just check out of the room. Yeah. Um he supposedly gave the valet claim ticket to Jean mm-hmm. and told her when she's done to drive the car back to the Colorado Bell, he was going to get a taxi and go back. Okay. So this was around, uh, or he told her to meet, uh, meet him there at around 1145. So he gave her a time frame. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sounds, but- sounds like a couple hours, play for a couple hours, meet me back at the hotel in a couple hours. Check out. We'll drive home. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, Al attempted to hail a taxi and was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. So he decided that he would go back into the casino and he would meet his wife or his soon to be wife. However, Al approached the machine and saw another woman playing her lucky slot machine. So mm-hmm. he assumed, cool, this lady's probably been playing for a while. Uh, she went off and she's probably just playing another game. I'll wait for her here. I know she's going to come here. Mm-hmm. The lady leaves. So he decides to sit down and he plays the machine for about 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, but Jean never came to meet him at the machine. That's so, I mean, if she saw somebody playing her lucky machine, obviously she's not going to sit there and watch them. Yeah. Play. So she, I can only assume that she might have gone and played something else. Yeah, definitely. We've all done it. Yeah. Like, I'm not the kind of person that's just going to stand behind you and make you feel uncomfortable because I hate when people do it to me. Right. But one eye will be there (laughs) as soon as you get up. Absolutely. I'm not far. (laughs) I'm like one machine over. And as soon as you leave, I'm like, catch out, catch out, catch out. (laughs) Right. Sometimes I'll just sit at a machine and like wait for them, but like act like I'm playing this one. (laughs) And they get up and I'm like, thank you so much. Uh, so at this point, Al decided that he was just going to return to their hotel and he's like, Jane will probably meet me. I told her to meet me at 1145. We're Gucci. Mm -hmm. When he got back to Colorado Bell, he played, uh, black, blackjack until checkout time, which was around, I think, 1215. Okay. But once again, Gene never showed up. Oh man. So he then decided to take a cab back to the Flamingo Hilton Casino. Mm Mm-hmm. And was surprised to discover that his car was still with the valet. Okay. And the valet uh, attendant uh, never saw Gene. That's so, so crazy. So, after, after failing to find her in the casino, uh, he decided that it was time that he reported her missing. And he spent the next several days in Laughlin uh, distributing flyers to everybody. And what was odd to me was that he put uh, possible amnesia written on these flyers that he was handing out to people. Why would I, uh, why would you put possible amnesia? Like, I guess that would run through your mind, but why I are guess. you putting that? It seems a little sus. Right? Like, that just seems like a weird thing that you would put on your wife's missing person flyer. Yeah. Unless she's had like a history of it. That's what I was just thinking. Does she have a history of that? Was she getting early onset Alzheimer's? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, 
So he was offering a $25,000 reward for information. Okay. Oh, I didn't cover this. He's like a millionaire, y'all. Oh, like, okay. He has money. So ride with me for a little bit. All right. He even paid $1,200 to charter a helicopter and they would, they flew around the desert areas surrounding Laughlin to see if they could like, maybe she like wandered out into the desert or something. Also kind of weird to me. Why would you just assume that your wife wandered off into the desert? And why would you think that you're going to... Oh, okay. There's so much desert land in Nevada. Like, truly. Truly. And it's not, like, flat. and It's not all flat. No. There's, like, mountains. Yes. <laughs> There's, like... So getting a helicopter feels really useless. Weird. Truly. It does. Um, <laughs> now... Another weird thing is that the police found that for some reason, Jean had left behind her purse, jewelry, and engagement ring in their hotel room before she went to the Flamingo Casino. I mean, why would you leave your... I can maybe guess the engagement ring, but why would you leave your purse? That's where your money is. Truly, whose money are we gambling with (laughs) if it's not yours from your purse? (laughs) Which I mean, I I do know that some people don't like carrying purses in casinos, so like they'll just put like their cash in their pocket. But it, it just seems weird because I feel like all of the people I know would take their purse with them. I would rather have my purse with me than leave sitting it in a room house. where the maid service is going to come in. I know that's I'm not like I I'm not saying people steal, but like. It goes through your head. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to leave your personal belongings in a hotel room. Especially things that can be easily swiped. Exactly. Credit cards. Your ID. You would also need your ID. (laughs) Well, uh, well. Well, depends. Yeah, she was older, so maybe not. Maybe they weren't. They weren't uh, heavily IDing people back in the 90s. So, police became... Quite skeptical of Mr. Al's story. Mm-hmm. Obviously. And the reason is they checked the Hilton's security tapes and they found no sign of Gene in the surveillance footage that morning. What? Yeah. So. <laughs> so nobody recalls seeing her. True. Yeah. So the footage did show uh, Al driving uh to the main entrance mm-hmm. and walking into the lobby but it did not show him giving the valet claim ticket to gene or it didn't show him playing gene's lucky slot machine during the 30 minute window that he claimed he was at the machine and can we just talk about how many damn cameras casinos have casinos have they will see every angle of you in one in in every second oh yeah They'll see your front, your back, your side, probably from the top, mm-hmm. probably not from the bottom. That would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they really, do. I mean, I know the technology now is that they can do facial recognition and they follow you mm-hmm. um, throughout the casinos. Yeah. But like back then, they still had a lot of pit bosses, a lot of yeah. cameras. And so to not be seen doing any of the things that you're claiming is not a damn one. That's mm. just it is one. We saw you walk into the lobby. 
cool. That checks. Yeah. However, our cameras didn't cap- capture you handing the claim ticket to your wife. We haven't even seen your wife in any of this footage. Right. And you weren't at the machine that you said you were for 30 minutes. Well, and also they have cameras at the front door. Mm-hmm. And so there's no, I mean, that's exactly where we know she said she was. Mm-hmm. Or he said she was. Yeah. Um, was that he dropped her off at front, gave it to the valet. Yeah. Whatever. There should be at least one millisecond of her, at least on something. Truly. Truly. <laughs> so. Al believed. That the police were just mistaken, that they were looking at the wrong footage of the wrong slot machine and that. Casino security, or I should say, casino security. They're like, no, this is the this is the machine. They're like, what are you talking about? Because like, I imagine it's probably like we have one. You say it's this specific machine. Mm-hmm. We have one of those, <laughs> and it's here. It's not like now where they even if they have multiple of the same game, they're there at they, the same spot. They track them. So they know where all the machines are on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said earlier, this this case was featured on Unsolved Mysteries back in 1995. Mm -hmm. Now, the sus part is that Mr. Henderson decides that this time we're going to we're going to change up the story a little bit. Oh, okay. There's some discrepancies in his story. And he... From what he said on Unsolved Mysteries to mm -hmm. what he told the police? Correct. Okay, okay. So what he recalled to the police and what he said on Unsolved Mysteries, very different. That's so insane. And it's not like it's three years past. Yeah. So it's not like it's been over a decade but also the details aren't something that I think you would just like confuse in your, in your head, like over time. So he claimed that he went ahead and did not drop Jean off at the main entrance. He dropped her off at a side entrance when he failed to find a parking spot and drove around a little bit. Couldn't find one, decided he was going to valet the car. And that's when he valeted and walked into the casino to hand her the ticket. Mm. Now, He originally said (laughs) that he dropped her off, valeted the car, handed her the ticket, called a cab. I mean, just to give a little bit benefit of the doubt, let's say that, you know, the side entrances are also extravagant and maybe he just misspoke or whatever. Yeah. But that's that's a pretty big difference. Discrepancy, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, (laughs) and that's what he also said that when he dropped her off in the side, in the, in the, on the side entrance, valued the car and he had to walk through the casino to hand her the ticket, Mm. which we know from security footage that was never proven that he, ever even saw her that morning so (laughs) 
at this point, investigators um, started thinking that it might be a possibility that Jean never even made it to Laughlin on this trip. Weird. So there was one waitress who said that she served Jean and Al coffee at a coffee shop on April 6th. However, police were unable to locate any other witnesses who remembered seeing Jean in Laughlin over the next three days. That's so weird. Yeah. Another witness uh, claims that Al and Jean were at a gas station near Apple Valley at 4.30 p.m. on April 8th. And Jean apparently told her she was on her way to Laughlin. Hmm. So, and that's interesting because that's two days after they left Apple Valley. That's, yeah, that's a little bit weird. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, they were able to track some phone records from Al, and Al actually made calls from Laughlin at three and another call at 6.59 on the same day. So, that's April 8th. Okay. And it's a three hour drive to Apple Valley. It would seem nearly impossible that Al was even at the gas station at 430. That's so weird. Yeah. All this timing, it's it's so crazy. Nothing adds up. That's yeah. what's that's what's weird. So the 659 call was made actually to Al's bookkeeper. <laughs> and like company bookkeeper or a bookie? I think it's a bookie. Okay. From what I from what I understand, I think it was bookie because we're in we're going to go gamble. Right. I'll just make sure everything's in line. <laughs> the bookkeeper did say that she spoke to Jean on the phone and that she was in very good spirits because she had won six hundred dollars on her favorite slot machine. Hmm. So Al Henderson unfortunately died in 2001. Obviously. <laughs> so six years after Unsolved Mysteries aired. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, there was just no evidence that they could really pin anything on him. I mean, he was obviously, I think, their number one suspect in the disappearance of Gene Moore. Right. Um, a lot of sus. There's a lot of sus activity in this in this here case with Al and just the timing. It's mainly timing. There's definitely some continuity issues with the timing. Uh His story had some continuity issues to me. His behavior seemed odd to me. Yeah. Um, If I dropped my partner off at a casino. And he said he was going to go play this machine and I went in really quick just like ask him something and he wasn't there i feel like i would have tried a little harder to find him right i would have walked around yeah you know usually you can spot people yeah pretty easily yeah especially if i don't that's it's just weird so well and also even if he did wait at that machine for 30 minutes mm-hmm. and play it if she didn't show up I would be definitely being like, what is going on? I need to find her. Yes. In my mind. So just some other backstory on Gene and Al. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had actually been together for about 20 years. 
And they were just and they were just now uh, engaged. Al had uh, popped the question uh, in December of 1991. And both of Jean's children, which were from a previous um, relationship, mm-hmm. they were interviewed on Unsolved Mysteries and they both went on record saying that they did not like Al and that he was abusive. He would often put the mom down in front of others. Ugh. And they described their relationship as abusive and unhappy. Then why would you say yes to marrying him and be with him for 20 years? I don't know. You had nothing tying you to him. You could have just walked. Yeah. And that's what's crazy. So, and like I said before, I mean, the dude was a millionaire, so he didn't really have any financial, like, gains from her going missing or there was just no motive really behind there nobody could figure out a motive as to why he would do anything to her so she didn't have like a life insurance policy that went to him or i don't believe so it didn't say anything i mean they might have might have but i mean if they're not married though yeah that's what i was gonna say if they're not married then maybe not it would have gone to her kids if Mm -hmm. anything but yeah, he was a millionaire. I mean, maybe he just woke up one day, decided, I don't want to deal with her anymore, and bye. Bye. Yeah, it's just super weird. There's a lot of speculation here. You, we could definitely go down a road of, like, let's try to, like, guess what happened. But mm-hmm. I think that's the most we're going to get out of that case is it's all speculation. Mm-hmm. And we're never going to find out because he passed away. He passed away. Yeah. So, yeah. Craziness. That is crazy sad well thank you for listening to this episode of unsolved america head on over to facebook and instagram and follow us at unsolved america mvp and be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform if you need to contact us please email unsolved america mvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week this has been an mvp podcast my village productions 